The scripture reading this morning is from the fourth chapter of Matthew. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulon, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Kelly, you may, be, uh, you may all be seated. Grace and peace from Jesus to you this morning. I don't know, personally know, anyone who fishes for a living, but I would guess that one reason that you stay in that profession is because of the casting. There's something satisfying about the labor, I bet, throwing out the nets just so, learning that bodily rhythm of getting them out over the water so that they splay open in midair as wide as they can go before they sink down. It's got to feel fulfilling to feel your feet grip the deck as your weight shifts backward to haul in the catch, to trust the weight of the fish and the strength in your back and arms to lift that mass into the boat. There's got to be a sense of quiet pride you have about balancing the boat through it all intuitively knowing how to maneuver it differently when it's empty or full of fish or when the waters are still or choppy. And finally, contentment on bringing back your ship to, to shore and thinking, I did this. That pile of fish right there, that was my work. There can be beauty in work when your mind and your body and the task before you sync up and flow together and you sense that you are right where you are meant to be and doing what you are meant to do. There can be times in our work when we are so fully present to what we're doing that somehow we find ourselves also present to God, 
like our work is somehow a form of prayer. This is the sweet spot, and all types of work have it. And let's not confuse work with job here, because there's a lot of people who don't have jobs, and they still have a sweet spot in other places in their life. Or there's a lot of people who do have jobs, but their sweet spot lies somewhere else. And frankly, most of us occupy many roles, each with their own areas of satisfaction and flow and connection. My sweet spot as a pastor is right here or behind this table. But my sweet spot as a friend is being witty and charming. And my sweet spot as a citizen is actively staying informed and choosing to care. And my sweet spot as a cook is creatively using leftovers. And my sweet spot as a husband is showing my love by always doing the dishes. And I want to know what yours are. Where do you experience connection and presence in your work? Who's got a sweet spot they want to share right now? Yeah, when? Yeah, the smell of clean laundry. You know you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so not only getting the outcome you want, but with joy, bringing other people along. Yeah. A very Jesus-like thing in that, Angela. <laughs> Nancy. Smell of a new baby. Yes. And whether you're mother or grandmother, there's a call there. There's work in, in raising up a baby. It is not surprising at all that Jesus chooses to show up in the sweet spot. In the reading today, Andrew and Simon Peter hear Jesus' voice while they are casting their nets, that glorious place where they are most present to their work. And of course, that is where Jesus is going to show up. God, who is the source of all of our joy, is found in the joyful flow of good labor. God is the one behind those moments of connection and presence, those times where the tasks before you fit you like a new pair of socks. I believe that this is one of the things that God had in mind when God created us. That God, at the beginning, didn't desire for us to try to withdraw from the world and hide it and contemplate God as though God lies somewhere beyond this world. I believe God made us to plunge deeply into the world and find God dwelling there. To lean so heartily into the good work of our lives that we know God's presence in the satisfying rhythms of our labor. And the next time you find yourself in one of those sweet spots, stop. Notice that you are in it. 
and give thanks that you are. This is why God created you. Savor the flow, the connection. Be aware of God's presence. Because we all know that work doesn't always work out that way. Even at its very best, work includes doing some things that we loathe. A pastor I worked with in seminary was at a church in one of the poorest areas of the city. In a good year, her salary would almost reach $10,000, and in a bad one, it could be under $4,000. She loved this work. But in order to do it, she had to pick up another job. And so, and so she would drive a party bus every Friday night shuttling the students from Quinnipiac University, University to the bars in downtown New Haven until three in the morning. It doesn't seem like a particularly pleasant experience, but every time I asked her about it, she'd say, well, we've all got to drive the bus one way or another to do the thing we love. It's the same with fishing. No fisher goes into fishing so that they can mend the nets. But you can't fish with nets with holes in them. And so you've got to put in the time sewing and tying and examining the yards and yards and yards of net you've got and trying not to be driven mad in the process. And we who aren't fishers, we don't have nets, but we make this trade-off all the time. As a pastor, my net mending is giving up my Saturdays to write these things. Anyone want to share what their net mending is? What do you muster through to do the thing that you love? Paperwork, yes. Filling out the forms, and they're there for a reason most of the time, but that's not the real work. Yes, everyone wants the, the table spread and the candles lit. No one wants to be at high V, you know, at six in the morning, and you're tired, and you're trying to squeeze it in. But you got to do it to, to get to the table. Fighting with technology, Pastor Beth this morning, right? Um, me too, my computer wouldn't print this guy. So, and yet, if we're, if we're going to do our work, it entails digging into that, that, that part of it. So even the work we love includes mending nets. But we also know that for many, many people in the world, they never get to go beyond net mending. They never even get a fighting chance to stand in their sweet spot. All the people who are unemployed or trapped in work that breaks their bodies or their souls, people whose labor is undercompensated or undervalued by society, you never see us throwing a parade for sanitation workers, even though we'd all be dying of preventable diseases without them. 
And then you think about the walls that society erects between some people and their sweet spots that they are called to do. You think of all the women over the millennia who could have been pastors or the tens of millions of people living in refugee camps just watching their lives pass by, waiting for another country to give them a chance to lean in and do the things that they were meant to do. For every person living a life with a sweet spot on earth, it seems like there's another who's stuck mending the nets. But the miracle is that Jesus shows up in the net mending too. James and John are stuck. Others get to cast the nets on the water. They are away from the work that they long to do, tying and sewing and watching the day pass by. They're feeling lousy and disconnected, perhaps doubting if they're cut out to be fishers after all. And it is right there that Jesus appears to them. And Jesus is there to do the very same thing that he has done with Andrew and Simon Peter, which is to call them. I'm going to talk about what call is in a moment, but take a second and notice that sweet spot or net mending, Jesus doesn't care. There is no distinction. There is only Jesus' presence and his call. And I think this is what grace is, that Jesus comes to us and Jesus calls us whether or not we think we deserve it. Whether or not we, what we think we're doing is important, whether or not we think we matter. And the call of Jesus is always this, follow me. And following Jesus for you might mean leaving your job, as it did for the first disciples, but it might also mean staying in the work you're in and engaging with it differently or directing your labors in, labor in new ways. Because what following Jesus means is not so much a physical following, but joining in the proclamation that we hear earlier in the reading, which is repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, turn around, everybody. Wake up. God is here. God is saturating this whole place. And so we can do life differently. We don't need to spend our time fighting or judging or fearing each other. We don't need to try to withdraw from our own lives. God is truly present in the stuff of this world, and there's enough to go around if we learn to share it. That's the message. That's what following Jesus bids us to share. Our true work, wherever life finds us, is noticing God's presence and then announcing it for the good of our neighbor. And Jesus calls you to do this because he needs you. No one else can notice God's presence or announce it like you can whether you're in a sweet spot right now or stuck mending nets, 
There are places in your life that God has entrusted to you and only you. Places that God is using nobody but you to show God's love and mercy to a world that desperately needs it. Think about it. I can stand up here and preach God's love every week, but I, don't, I, I can't go into your bank accounts and into your classrooms and the conversations you have with your neighbor and the decisions you make as a family That is where God has called each of you to be a preacher. To say, turn around, wake up, the kingdom of heaven is near. God has entrusted you to bring that message. And the good news is that God gives you ample means to preach it. You don't need a pulpit. You can preach it with hot meals. You can preach it with equations or sales pitches or donations or artwork or a raised voice, or silent prayer, or simply being present to someone in need. And if you can't do it in your job, if your paid work is only mending nets, and if your paid work is breaking your spirit, and if your paid work is hel- or failing to help your neighbor, and if you have the means to switch jobs, that's a lot of ifs, but hear this permission. Follow Jesus into a new line of work. God's got something else for you. Life's too short to not be stepping into the bigness of what God is calling us to. And maybe you don't have the means to switch what you're doing right now. And then the call is for you to trust that there is a place outside of your job, outside of your paycheck, where Jesus is calling you to notice and announce the kingdom. And I've got to say this, sometimes the call is not to a place where we want to go. If someone dies, the call is to grieve. If you are sick, the call is to heal. If someone wounds you, the call is to eventually forgive. But the good news is this. God is there. Jesus is present. And Jesus is giving us the means to proclaim this message wherever we need to go. Follow Jesus until you have found a spot where the work is good, where you can lean in to what you are meant to do in a way that also brings life and freedom to your neighbor. For know this, As we delve more deeply into the good work of the world, God is at work too. God is at work bringing the kingdom of heaven, which is already near. And one day the promise is this whole world and everything we do in it will be revealed as the sweet spot that God intended it to be from the beginning. Amen.